Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here. Luke Wiggs on the control board. Thank you so much for being here. And um, we have a huge event that we want to tell you about um, that I think people around here have been getting pretty pumped up about. You might have been hearing the commercials. Uh, and it's called Rapture at the Roundhouse, the zombie ball. I wish I had like more effects. <laughs> but um, anyway, to tell us about it is Dolly Fergus, who's the coordinator, and H.D. Boyd, who's on the Roundhouse Authority. This is all to benefit the Roundhouse. So welcome in both of you. Thank you. Good morning. So um, we're all really happy that a lot of things have started to happen at the Roundhouse. You know, the bathrooms are in now, so a lot more events are, are happening. But, um, you know... What brought you to Rapture at the Roundhouse, this whole, like, thematic thing, Dolly? Well, um, the Martinsburg Roundhouse reached out to me um, to help do a fundraiser um, like we've done in the past. Previously, previous years we've done, like, the Ghostly Gala Halloween event. Right. But since everything was shut down, we kind of wanted to bring something back and bring it back bigger and um, just get people to come out there and support the Roundhouse. Talk about the flavor of this, because obviously oh. Ghost of Gala had Ghost of Gala had a, you know a theme approach, um, but it sounded a little tame compared to what you guys have planned. This we're kind of um, just playing on everything that's happened: apocalyptic <laughs> zombies, <laughs> <laughs> anything goes. <laughs> so, so what set it up for us? Um, what are the dates? What's the date and the, what the times and and what should folks expect? Okay, so it's Saturday, October seventh, starting at seven p.m., ending at midnight. We're going to have dinner, dancing, raffles, um, catering by H.D. Boyd. Um, live music uh, by DJ Mayhem, so costume contest. Um, actually, the top prize, cash prize, is $1,000. Wow. And then um, we're going to have districts. So kind of playing off of game of um, Hunger Games, have yeah. different oh, districts. Gotcha. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, so the different districts are, are set up for different cities of the U.S. Um, you have D.C., New York, New Orleans, uh, Vegas, Hollywood, and I believe it, Miami and Miami. And do, do people get to pick their districts or do they get them signed right mm -hmm. now when you're purchasing your tickets online um, or at their ticket locations, you can request your district until they're full. Uh, so if you have a larger party and your party wants to be in a particular district, you need to buy your tickets soon. Uh, so that your district is not sold out. That's very important. So are you more of a New York guy or Vegas guy? <laughs> which, which one, which way are you leaning? I'm, I'm thinking maybe Vegas. Okay. I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Vegas might be my pick on this one, but but yeah, each each district is going to be decorated um, like that city. Uh, we will have foods from each of those cities on the buffet. Um, thank you to um, Chopsticks and also to Anthony's of Inwood for their donations of some of the food that's coming along with the rest of the catering that my crew will be doing. Um, on this event every year when we do this, my, my crew does a catering at cost um, to benefit the Roundhouse. Uh, this is a very um, big fundraiser for us. We're raising money for the uh, windows in the top of the Roundhouse. Um, we need a lot of money for this project. Um, you know, so we, we encourage people to come out and, and participate. And also, you know, if you have a, a checkbook and you want to bring a check, those are accepted too. Um, the Roundhouse is an important part of Martinsburg downtown uh, being the hub. Uh, I believe there's a lot of big things coming there. I've been working on that project for nine years now as a volunteer. Um, 
and and I've worked very diligently. I've got the bathrooms put in, and not just I. There's a team of us down there. Excuse me, on the I thing, but there's a team of us been working very hard on this project, and and honestly, um, this is very important to the project, and we'd appreciate everybody who could come out. This is this is going to be a great time, you know. The um, with with, with those zones, um, you know, like I said, you have the foods, you you have people, and your zombie. Uh, or, or however you choose to dress for the event <laughs> should be based on your district. Oh, okay. See, so so if you're coming and you're in the Hollywood district, I don't know if you want to dress up as Marilyn Monroe or or some Hollywood. I don't know if I could pull zombie. that off. If you're Miami, you. you could you could you, totally do like Miami Vice with the socks and, nice and the blazer right. and you the know, neon colors. You and a buddy could be be Miami Vice. You know, mm-hmm. rolling up the Miami Vice zombies, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot because you dress that way. But yeah, then you're also, yeah. also, comma, a zombie. A, a zombie, yeah. right. So <laughs> that's kind of the theme. And, and, yeah. and you know, the best wins the thousand dollars, you know. And we, and we put the bigger prize up there to try to really sell these tickets. And we have several other sponsors on board, too. Jefferson Reynolds. Um, Dolly, Mar- Martinsburg CVB. Martinsburg CVB. Of course, a radio station here. Uh, WEPM City National Bank. City National Bank. Um, so we we've been working hard. Dolly's been working really hard on this. I, I helped create the the layout of it. She came with the zombies. I came with the uh, the <laughs> zones, the districts, the districts yeah. and. Uh, you know, we're excited. You know, you'll have foods from each of those districts. So you know, have gumbo from New Orleans. What? We're oh. gonna have um, California rolls for Hollywood. We're gonna have pizza for New York. You know, we're gonna have. Uh, uh, mumbo chicken for DC, um, fish tacos, fish tacos from Miami, you know, so the, the, the buffet, the food and things are going to be incredible for this. Um, we're oh, really sign up early to so mm-hmm. get the district you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can get tables up to six. Um, you can buy multiple tables if you have a really big group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know it's one person's birthday party. Um, nice. Shout out to my buddy, Johnny Sullivan. He's, he's in the, um, Happy early birthday. He's in the TV business here, and uh, he, he's a stuntman, but he's having his birthday there. So it's going to be oh, a, that lot, would of, be a, a rock and zombie. Say, a lot, a lot of details packed in. Stuntman yeah. coming in as a zombie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Dolly, uh, what a great concept. And I know a lot of folks really get into the Halloween mm-hmm. season, and this is kind of a, a starting point in October. Right. Very thematic. Yes. So, uh what should what should folks whenever they're they're signing up for their districts they're thinking about being a zombie will there be you know jump scares through the night or like will people be eliminated i you know not well, eliminated eliminated but <laughs> we you know do. i'm thinking back to hunger of games course, when my course, kids were, course, were reading those books that's a great idea um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know no one's some, no one's getting some thoughts no one's getting eliminated um, we might we might have an appearance by bigfoot maybe Ooh. um also we have some people that are going to be dressed as zombies that may or may not hide and you know do okay. some jump scares infiltrating we'll, we'll possibly okay um, uh, we also have a couple mediums coming in um, that are going to offer readings at a special rate. Um, Lori Johnson, who used to be on Ghosts of Shepherdstown, so TV famous, Lori Johnson. And then One Shin, she's also a medium. She's flying in all the way from Tucson, Arizona to be here. So, and she's going to be our tarot gypsy reader. And then we also have um, Ernie Atwell. He's a paranormal investigator. He's going to have a vendor table set up also. So. Is there any uh, paranormal activity at the roundhouse? Is that what you guys Have are going to try heard? to find out? 
Well, there, there's been a lot of investigations there, and honestly, they say there is a lot of movement. Um, you know, that's been an ongoing thing for the past six years at least. Mm -hmm. uh, we have we, we had one group come in from California, did an all-night uh, paranormal thing there, and did it on their podcast. It escapes me the name of them because I wish I'd, I knew it off the top of my head so people could go check it out, but they did a an all-night overnight um, paranormal investigation there where they sold tickets and people were invited to come and stay overnight. Um, so that was they, a big there event. was a presence there. Yes, absolutely. There, there is. <laughs> you know, you got to think that, that that's a, that, that a lot of things went down at the sure, roundhouse. Absolutely. You know, it's been burnt down twice. And, you know, Civil War history. Civil War yes. history and during the Civil War, you know, and then even the workers working there. Many people have lost their lives at the roundhouse. So, yeah. so there, there is a lot of activity. <laughs> but that certainly obviously won't be on the table for zombie ball. But no. well, but, may, not maybe. not a planned <laughs> I mean, implement, but 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 as you guys mentioned, you know, you're doing this to, to install what was it windows in the in the top of the roundhouse. So everybody that comes windows. to this event uh, knows that you can have a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, drink a little bit, eat a little bit, have some good times. But you're obviously benefiting a good cause. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, let us know. Wrap it all up. How can folks find um, you know more information? Get tickets. Uh, get the best zombie look, you know, uh, all so that. So the Martinsburg Roundhouse website, uh, uh, www.roundhousewestvirginia.com, zombie ball. Um, also on Facebook under the Martinsburg Roundhouse. Um, they could even look it up on Eventbrite. So those are the places. Plus you guys are advertising, City National. Um, and, the, and the physical ticket locations will be listed on those websites. They're um, yeah. coming soon. I'm not sure. Uh, we have tickets at Cox Holiday and also Modern Renovations. Okay. So limited yeah. tickets there also. And and so. are those for a particular district? Um, no. No, you you kind of fill out what like when you purchase uh -huh. your tickets, mm. you call the number and request your. If you if you're not purchasing online tickets, when you purchase the online tickets, I believe you pick your district. Yes. But yeah. if you purchase a, a in location ticket. You call the number and request your district when right. you purchase the ticket. How clever. How yeah. clever this is. HD, thank you for everything you're doing with the, the roundhouse. And I know you said it's it's a whole team. But, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have bathrooms there. Yeah. So thank you Well, you, you know, for right now, there. the elevator and steps construction has started for the second floor on the bridge machine shop. Uh, and we are on the list for Joe Manchin for another big um, grant coming through uh, to finish that side of the building and hopefully uh, by uh, next year or shortly after downstairs of that building on the bridge and machine shop will be a full um, farmer's market uh, marketplace like the capital market in Charleston. Oh, wow. Uh, and we also have all the designs and plans to hopefully complete an amphitheater in the burnt roundhouse ruins. So there's wow. a lot going on down there. Um, you know, we uh, fingers crossed on the, getting the uh, funds for the amphitheater. We are, applying and asking and begging for some of that money right now and hopefully Tell them you'll send the zombies after them. Come on. <laughs> hopefully you hear some good news on. on those things real soon but uh well, this, this project down there is big and i've been working hard with the team and hopefully it uh, starts to really come to fruitation soon farmers market on every saturday right now till i think october so you have a couple weeks left um that's been really big this summer um we teamed up with main street and uh kent lionheart the uh ag director for the state of west virginia mm -hmm. cut us some money when i went to charleston in january for uh, three years to uh, get the farmer's market off the ground down there and it's been doing really well um we've had a good turnout every saturday so awesome yeah. well dolly and hd thank you and and uh um, may the odds be ever in your favor <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> more panhandle live after this quick break 
Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Wednesday edition. Marsha Kavalik here with you. And uh, Luke Wiggs on the control board. And we really appreciate you being with us. Something uh, you probably are aware happens every year in Martinsburg uh, is happening again. It is the 44th annual Band Spectacular at Martinsburg High School and the second annual Running with the Dogs uh, 5K. Here to tell uh, to talk about it is Casey Rogers. She is the director of bands at Martinsburg High School. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, uh, all right. So, 44 years you guys have been doing this. Yes. Uh, how many years have you been involved with it? Um, this is my third year as director of bands at Martinsburg High School, and I was a student um, since 2005 and graduated in 2009. So I've really been a part, and even younger than that, I used to go to the Band Spectacular um, as well. How cool is that? So uh, obviously this means something to you. Lay it out for people if they've just kind of driven by and saw all of the stuff going on, but they've never actually been part of it. So the Band Spectacular is always special for the community of Martinsburg. Um, through the years of COVID, uh, the band Spectacular would go down to like five or six bands. Um, it used to be back when I was a student and, you know, way back when, when Mr. Lynch used to host it at Martinsburg, um, they would start maybe three o'clock and end at like 10, 30, 11 PM. So <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, hold on. Say that again. Uh, they would start at like three and then go until like 10, 10, 30, 11 You just PM. can't yeah. stop those no, band kids. Not. You can't stop that band energy. Yeah. There, there used to be tons of bands. So when COVID hit, um, a lot of bands, you know, stop coming and, you know, socializing and whatnot. Can't get them on the bus. Cause yeah. Yeah, but now this year we're up to eleven bands. Um, so ah. I think last year we were at like eight or nine, mm -hmm. and then this year we're going up to eleven. So our goal is to increase the size of the band spectacular overall and continue to get uh, local area schools from like uh, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland, and then more West Virginia groups. So take us through the eleven that are going to be there. I mean, are we going to have the, all the Berkeley County and Jefferson County schools represented? Yes, we'll have Jefferson High School, Washington High School. Um, we'll have Liberty High School out of Eldersburg, Maryland. Um, Musselman High School, Spring Mills, Hedgesville, Ligonier Valley, which mm. they're new. Um, they're in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Um, so this is their first time being at the Band Spectacular. And then it's um, a long haul. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like two, two, three hours. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Warren County High School and then Allegheny High School. And then Martinsburg High School will perform at 8 o'clock. And then we'll end the night with Shepherd University as our exhibition group at 8.15. So you, you attended Shepherd, am I correct? Yes. Did you play in the marching band when you were I in Shepherd? Did, yeah. So what percentage of that band right now? I mean, is it is it full of kids that come out of these Panhandle schools? That then, I mean, do you have any alumni that are in the Shepherd band right now? Yeah, actually, I just went down to the Shepherd University preview show. Um, I guess it was back in August once we started school, and I have there was five or six students that I taught within the last two years. Wow. Um, that I've either started them in middle school and had them at South Middle and worked their way through Martinsburg High School. So it was really cool to see that. Um, I think there's like six piccolo, uh, yeah, six piccolo players, and then three of them were mine that I had the last two years. Wow, so that was really cool. So when people hear a long period of time, you know, that want to come out and experience the showcase, they worry about food. They wonder, worry about where they're going to go to the restroom. I mean, is <laughs> yeah. all is all of that taken care of at this Absolutely. event? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the planning process has been amazing. The parents that are involved in the Bulldog Band Boosters, they're, they're absolutely amazing. Um, it's all hands on deck kind of event. Um, for the concession stand, we're fully stocked. And mm -hmm. then new for this year, um, we just rolled it out last Friday at our football game. We now accept credit card, Apple Pay, uh, Cash App, so all the major credit cards. So um, we'll be doing that for admission, um, which is $10 for adults, $5 for students. 
Um, Berkeley County employees get in free with their badge or um, activities pass. And then we'll also take um, credit card and stuff at the concession stand as well. So we'll be fully stocked for the entire day. So walk us through this. Is this just, I mean, are each is each band taking the field by itself doing a, like an ex- exposition of, of their like halftime show or what does yeah. that look like? So each show or each band will show up. Um, they'll have an allotted time to warm up and then we'll have two student hosts that will take, that will be assigned to each band and then they will walk their band to the field. They'll do their performance with a crowd full of people, just that band on the field. And it's, it's their halftime show essentially. Um, the band will march off. The student hosts will take them back to their buses and their equipment trucks and load up. And then those schools um, will have an opportunity to go back up to the concession stand, watch other bands, um, and then close out the night with awards at 830. You have to forgive me. I'm a, I'm a sports guy. Let's talk a little X's and O's here. Martinsburg's okay. band this year. <laughs> where, where are we at our strongest? Uh, you know, what, what sections are we looking at this year to, to kind of carry the performance? Well, this year, it, it's awesome. Um when I took the job, we were around like 38 members. We're up to 105 this year. Oh, what? So it it's amazing. Um, honestly, I was just telling Susan out in the lobby, it's a dream come true. Um, every band director wants a group that's self-sufficient and, you know, um, they can do what they, you know, do things on their own. And my three drum majors this year are absolutely amazing. They finished my sentences. <laughs> um, it, it's it's crazy. Um, the stress is very low key for a high school band director job. Um, so that makes me extremely happy. Um, but this year, as far as the band goes with 105 members, um, our color guard is up to 14 members. They're super strong this year. Um, the number is rising. So we're thankful for that. Um, we have a large drum line. Our pit front ensemble down front is is awesome. We're up to three drum majors for the year. And all of our sections, you know, our, our wind sectioners are balanced pretty well. So trumpets, sousaphones, um, woodwinds, all that. What goes into being a part of the marching band specifically for Martinsburg football? Because I have to assume you're scoring a lot of points when Martinsburg takes the field. That means the fight song probably gets played a lot more at a Martinsburg high school football game than it does probably anywhere else. Yeah, um, I mean, we we played the fight song so much that we had to make like a fight song clip. So um, we do that after the after the touchdown, and then once they score the field goal, then we go back and play the full fight song. So I know for me, um, graduating in 2009, I was overworking with uh, the South Middle School eighth graders the other day because we're doing our step up night this Friday night when we host Jefferson. So those eighth graders from North and South Middle will come over and they'll do the national anthem with us and they'll do uh, the fight song. So the entire pregame. Um, but I was just standing there playing the fight song with them on my trumpet. And one of the kids, um, they just like look at me. I'm like, don't worry, you you will never forget this. Okay, it just it just, it just comes to you. So, wow. so you were a trumpet player? I was a trumpet player. I was an alto sax cool. guy myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> so it's something you'll never forget, Absolutely. especially at Martinsburg. Absolutely. So so once again, find uh, tell people where they can get more information, uh, where they could potentially buy tickets when the event is, and uh, what to expect. Yeah, so all the information um, can be found on our website at www.mhsbulldogband.com. Um, there's a page on there specifically for the band spectacular, also a page for the 5K race that will oh, happen yeah, early. Oh, yeah, talk about that, too. Yeah. And then um, the admission can all be taken at the gate. Mm-hmm. So, and and like I said, credit card or cash. The, the 5K, how can folks sign up for that? So the 5K race, um, you can sign up online right now on our website. There's also, like I said, a drop-down page, 
and it will take you to a link that they can register. You can also register the morning of. If you do register the morning of, um, the cool t-shirts that we have aren't guaranteed. Mm. But um, so definitely register before. Right now we have around 42, 43 people, um, which is where we were at last year. Then the morning of, we hopped all the way up to like 68 people. So people um, are like, I feel like I could run today. I think I could do a 5K. (laughs) And with a 5K too, this year we're utilizing the new Frog Hollow Trail. Um, oh, the city of Martinsburg. Wow. Planned it's out. almost like cross country. Yeah. So we're gonna, <laughs> we'll start at the track um, at Coburn Field. And then um, that will be our, our, like, I guess, send off area. We'll go down Bulldog Boulevard, cross Queen Street, go all the way down in front of Berkeley Heights with the Frog Hollow Trail, take it all the way back down further along Queen Street, and then wrap it back around and end at the field. And this year with that as well, um, it's Disney themed. So uh, because we're taking the band to Disney in April 2024 to march in the Disney Parade wow. in Magic Kingdom. So our entire show, like, that's what our marching show is about this year's Disney. And then for the 5K race, um, we're going to have some students dressed up as Disney characters, um, place them throughout the route. And then at the end, we'll have like a backdrop. <laughs> they can take photos with them and whatnot. So it'll be pretty cool. You can whistle while you run. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I should say you guys have a very active booster uh, organization, uh, but obviously going to these competitions costs a lot of money. So I'm sure this is not the only fundraiser that you'll you'll have and, and uh, you know, opportunity for folks to help out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So folks can find more information about that. Yeah. Our website is fully stocked with information. Um, we have volunteer links on there for the concession stand. We always need concession stand help. Um, so we always take that from the community as well. That's open for them. Um, but like I said, our website is super stocked with information. Well, Casey Rogers, director of bands at Martinsburg High School. It looks like you guys are getting ready for some some big doings yes. happening <laughs> happening next weekend. Not this, but next weekend, the thirtieth at Martinsburg High School. And I, I'm sure it'll be really obvious to anyone in the neighborhood yeah. that something big is happening over there. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining. Thank us. you for having me. And we'll have more Panhandle Live coming up after this. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Wednesday edition. Marsha Kavalik, Luke Wiggs here with you and joining us via phone, the man, the myth, the legend, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney. Welcome in. Oh, hi. Thank you. And that is that is quite some hype. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's well-deserved. I I, uh, I have nothing but admiration for the, the long-form stories you do and the exhaustive research with, you know, follow-up. Um, and that's not always something that, that folks get. Um, in some news agencies, you do a lot of research. You talk to a lot of people. I was, uh, I sent you a text the other day when you did that board of governors, um, uh, meeting where there were, you know, there were, uh, staff members and students there. And you, you were able to reach out and get comments from a lot of different folks about that. That's a lot of work, um, to cover something that exhaustive. Um, let's start with that. The WVU board of governors, um, the decisions that they're making, obviously not sitting well with some folks, but um, some belt tightening required uh, because of a $45 million, could be a $75 million, million deficit uh, for WVU. So talk about, um, you know, what you've learned so far. Well, and it's it's not over. If faculty are losing their jobs, if their departments are being cut in terms of numbers of people, that process of figuring out whose job is on the line is happening now. And WVU, President Gee, they say that that process of notifying people 
should conclude mid-October. So coming up pretty soon, folks will not, as I understand it, folks will not lose their jobs, even if they are informed, not like the next day, but uh, it would be, it would set in next spring. On the other track, what is happening, and we think we'll learn more about this today, campus programs like the library, uh, the women's center, other, other support programs that have not been a part of this public discussion, uh, they are, they're on the line right now. And WVU has a camp, what they call a campus conversation, which is kind of what it sounds like, a, a, an initiative to communicate with faculty, staff, students, people who believe that they are part of the WVU community. We think today they will be communicating those cuts or scaling back those programs and, and what they might look like. So, you know, all of the things potentially that, that are not the classes that you take, but that are part of the support structure for students at WVU, uh, not necessarily being completely cut, but some of them from all appearances are going to be subject to scaling back. Well, Gordon Gee said, Brad, that uh, on an interview on Talkline, that a lot of these decisions and the processes would be made by mid-October, October 15th. I mean, is that still expected to be the deadline, uh, or is this something that could drag on, or are those the only changes WVU is planning on making this year, or is this a process that's you know going to continue into the coming years? Uh, well, by by April 15th is is when folks are supposed to get final notification by April 15th that, that if they are faculty, that their jobs are being eliminated or that they will no longer be with the university. So I'm sorry, you but said April 15th? October 15th. October 15th, okay. I might have said April 15th. It does seem like... <laughs> He's got taxes on his mind. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I, I think these other... Um, the library, the Women's Center... Um, some of the President Gee has even alluded to, you know, looking at, at administrative positions. So uh, there's nothing necessarily that says there is any stopping point to this. It, it just depends on if, as you said at the beginning, WVU has an estimated $45 million budget gap right now. The university has suggested that if the trend in fewer and fewer students year over year continues, that it could be $75 million by the time five years is out. What the university hopes to do is, is tighten the belt while also encouraging more students to come. Uh, that's a tough balance. WVU is, of course, raising tuition by about 3% next year. That's what the university has earmarked in terms of, well, we, we need the additional money, but we think 3% is not necessarily a deal breaker for students and families. Uh, so there, there are many, many factors, and President Guy himself has has not provided any sort of cutoff point or definitive answer. He has said a lot of, a lot of, a lot of plates in the air, and we just don't know. Well, you know, with, with President Guy, all his charisma, and and I was um, around him when he was recruiting. Uh, you know, up here he, he came in with the uh, the members of the of the uh, of of the board and and did an interview and and all all in on WVU, all optimistic. And this has been several years ago. 
Um, it, what a what a turn of events that now there's so much belt tightening and in a kind of a, a rapid turnaround. I think the question that some folks might have who are listening, because, uh, you know, some folks listening may not have a student or may, may have never been a student at WVU, but WVU has a lot of irons in the fire, as my mom would say. They've got the, the hospital wing, the medical unit. They've also got extension agents in every county of the state. Um, how... Do these changes affect some of those ancillary programs? Yeah, that's another thing I should have mentioned that is under scrutiny by WVU. Uh, so Potomac, which is not too far from your listenership, uh, that is an, an entity that WVU is examining uh, for how much can it afford? Are there ways to trim? Uh, West Virginia Tech in the Beckley area, uh, part of it's WVU Tech these days. Uh, part of, of what WVU is, is taking a look at, as you alluded, the extension service. And we don't have those answers yet. Uh, the, the most high profile has been the effects on faculty and majors on the main campus in Morgantown. But certainly WVU is taking a look at these other uh, outreach areas also, the extension service, Potomac, WVU Tech. Our guest this morning is uh, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney, and uh, I I think I've been in denial that election season is is <laughs> upon us in the state, but election season is upon us in the state, and um, the panhandle is getting spicy. It really is, and you know I was already interested in the Senate matchup between now the the long time delegate Paul Espinoza, uh, who is who has announced he is running for the Senate district where the incumbent is Patricia Rucker. And those two have been allies over the years, but you know, politics is uh, a a one person sport in some ways. And so uh, they, they are matched up. I think that is, that is, has the potential to be very interesting, but then there is now another situation developing that you've led our coverage on. Uh, I, you know, you, you praised me at the beginning of this, but I will say that I produced a story borrowing heavily from work that you have done. Uh, Senate President Blair of Martinsburg faces primary opponents. Uh, Tom Willis, who is a businessman and a veteran, uh, announced what late last week. And Mike Folk, former delegate, former candidate for governor, uh, airline pilot, is also running. And, and Mike was a guest on your show, what, yesterday? Is that right? I think so, um, yeah. <laughs> it's so it, the, the days, they all just blend together. It, it's very competitive, and, you know, I, I I have a couple of thoughts about that. One is it's there, there are powers of incumbency. There are real advantages because you're at the ribbon cuttings and the groundbreakings, and there is stuff that you can take credit for. But it's also hard because, you know, you can be blamed for things. You're high profile. You're in the hot seat. And so if you are in President Blair's position, both of those are are factors in how people assess you. And he can see the example of his predecessor, Mitch Carmichael, who just a couple of years ago, people voted him out. Um, Amy Nicole Grady of Mason County. Uh, came from nowhere. She was a school teacher, relatively unknown, and uh, defeated Mitch Carmichael. So no seat is safe, and it seems that President Blair is aware of that and is running like it. Uh, the other thought that I have is I, I had two stories that, that I did yesterday that 
seem on the surface like they go together. One was about President Blair facing primary competition from Tom Willis and Mike Folk. The other was about caucus being sort of formally established. And it is called the Freedom Caucus. And it is the members of the House and the Senate that are even more conservative, even farther to the right than overwhelming Republican supermajorities already are in the House and Senate. And so, you know, with apologies to Democrats, they're almost a non-factor in state politics right now. Uh, If things are going to be blocked or altered or there's a disagreement in the House and the Senate, it's it's mostly not with the Democrats anymore. They they will they will stand up and argue against things, but their numbers are so little. Three in the House of one hundred, sorry, three three in the Senate of thirty four, and eleven in the House of one hundred, a real minority. So the real conflicts are within different stratifications of the Republicans themselves, and and so this new caucus is forming, the Freedom Caucus. And it's going to formally represent one of those factions within the Republicans. And then I think you're also seeing those factions emerge with contested primaries in uh, the Rucker and Espinosa race, uh, in the Blair and Willis and Folk race. Uh, that's, that's where the real disagreements are in West Virginia politics right now, sort of, you know, for want of a better term. Hoppy yesterday on Talkline called it, Sort of a chamber of commerce group versus uh, a further to the right group, but it's sort of establishment versus populist. Um, and I, I just think it's an interesting factor. And we're, we're right back to almost a one-party system in West Virginia. And some of these elections are pretty well going to be said and done, not next November, but instead next May. So kind of expanding on that point then, Brad, obviously, you know, a lot of trendsetters out here in the Eastern Panhandle and, and this race is, or these races, I should say, uh, w- with Folk running against along with Willis and, and Blair and the Espinosa and Rucker race, like you mentioned, uh, putting more attention on these primaries as opposed to a general election and, and kind of creating, a, I guess, a schism or factions in the Republican Party as people kind of try to define more room to the right of each other. So uh, is the argument you're kind of trying to make that that's where we're going to see politics evolve in the state of West Virginia, uh, more so in these primaries and having these hotly contested uh, primary races in uh, predominantly red districts? For sure. And, you know, the Eastern Pain Angle, uh, is is largely where a lot of the power is in West Virginia now. I, I know people say Charleston, and that's where the center of government is, but uh, a lot of the the real players are representative of the Eastern Panhandle at this point. Uh, so Blair clearly is as Senate president and facing competition. Um, but also, you know, you, you've heard the announcement of, of Eric Householder, the majority leader in the House. Uh, announcing he's going to run for statewide office, and uh, he clearly believes that that his experience and his uh, base in the Eastern Panhandle is is um, conducive to doing well in a statewide race. Uh, Patrick Morrissey of uh, Jefferson County, at least one of the front runners, if not the front runner for governor, 
Uh, Alex Mooney, the polls would show you, is is behind Governor Justice in that race for U.S. Senate, but uh, his his base of operations in the Eastern Panhandle is is nothing to take for granted. So certainly, the Eastern Panhandle is uh, a force to be reckoned with in politics, and yeah, I mean, maybe ahead of some things in terms of these races being contested with different factions of the Republican Party. Brad McElhaney, we are so glad that we have your talent here at uh, WV Metro News and, and, of course, the Panhandle News Network. We look forward to following your coverage of that WVU Board of Governors uh, uh, ongoing saga. And uh, we appreciate uh, you lending your expertise to our discussion about politics in the Mountain State. And uh, hope you have a good day. Oh, it's a total team effort. And thanks to you guys, too. Take care. Thank you. Again, that's Brad McElhaney. You can follow his uh, coverage, ongoing coverage of all things statewide at WVMetroNews.com. Yeah, really exciting next couple of months and more articles to be written, more uh, uh, candidates on this show, I'm (laughs) sure, coming up and uh, more Panhandle Live coming up on the other side of this break. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Wednesday edition. Marsha Kavalik, Luke Weeks here with you. The openers sound a little different, but uh, that can't be helped this morning. So I apologize uh, to our listeners if you're used to hearing some <laughs> things and, and you're not hearing them this morning. But a uh, busy weekend, obviously, shaping up in the Panhandle. It's only Wednesday, but obviously our, you know, our thoughts turn to the weekend. And um, one of the big things that is happening in Morgan County is a fundraiser for Morgan County Starting Points called Empty Bowls. Uh, so uh, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been running some casts on this, or running this in our newscast and some of these stories. And uh, joining us uh, last week was their executive director, Audrey Morris, who kind of talked about the event. Empty Bowls, which is our annual event to raise funds for our Mealtime Community Kitchen. We used to have a come in and sit down, um, pick up, and then COVID, of course. So we went to a drive through and that has stuck. A kind of an opportunity to get some unique bowls, and these bowls are made by uh, local artists. We have had fro- been working with Frog Valley mm-hmm. Artisans in Berkeley Springs, and so we have some glass bowls that have been made specifically for us. And then a new partner this year is Mr. Toad's Pottery. Um, and then we have some smaller local artists who are donating bowls, and the Boys and Girls Club are making bowls for us. And lastly, she kind of explained how this fundraiser works. So when you come in the door, you pay $20, you choose the bowl, we wrap it up, and then we have um, silent auction items that you can bid on throughout the evening. You get a meal. Um, the Black Cat Young Ukes Club is going to be providing some entertainment this year. The Berkeley Springs FFA Club is going to be our guest servers. You know, you got to eat. It's Friday. <laughs> We've all got to eat. You're in Berkeley Springs. You know, why not uh, do that for a good cause? And uh, they they serve so many people. It's three times uh, their community kitchen three times a week, and uh, thousands of people get blessed every every um, month uh, because of that. And uh, you can be a small part of that just by picking up some soup. And the uh, one of the cool things is they. Um, you know, they, they sell you the the, the bowl. The bowl is a, a piece of art, and you don't have to eat your soup. You don't have to slop the soup around in there, to you know, right away. You can just keep it as a keepsake and uh, and enjoy some nice soup. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it kind of just seems like these outreach events in, in Morgan County are kind of growing. Obviously, mm-hmm. we've talked to Pastor Tim about what's going on with, uh, you know, updating the, the homeless shelter out there. And it, the it just kind of yeah. seems, seems as though that over time, 
things have really started to evolve, specifically in Morgan County. I love that the attention uh, that Morgan County is getting more attention. They've, they've got a lot going on there that's really positive. We talk a lot with Happy Roan uh, and the other folks from the chamber. Of course, the Apple Butter's coming up, and our, our sister station's going to figure uh, in that. They, they're going to do some some event, uh, some event part of the event there. And, um, you know, it's really it's neat to see them come into their own and still keep their own unique personality. But you have these great folks like Audrey Morris working behind the scenes to help some of the very vulnerable people in Morgan County. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a harmless way to help. You know, it's kind of funny. The first year I've been here, I missed the apple harvest. I missed the apple butter. All these all these festivals <laughs> I didn't get to. Ball? Yeah, just things that didn't happen. So it sounds like the apple butter in Morgan County mm-hmm. that's coming up. Uh, it sounds like it's a cool thing to check out as well. Yeah, and it's it's over the weekend. So like, uh, even if you've got sports have to hit it ball, on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. If you've got sports ball on Saturday, you can hit it up on Sunday. But uh, it's it's so charming, and I think probably draws in some folks from around the region. And it's a great uh, kind of ambassador event. Because it's just such a wholesome event, and and usually the the trees are starting to change, and it's just a little slice of small town Americana is the Apple Butter Festival, uh, and of course we have the the Apple Harvest Festival coming up as well. We're going to be uh, doing some some promos and previews with that with some of the folks who are uh, involved in that, and our own uh, Christian Lopez, of course, uh, performer from Martinsburg. His wife is the Grand Marshal. We're going to have her on. Well, certainly a busy show today, Marsha. Set the tone right with Zombie Ball, right? And then talk a little <laughs> bands and then, you know, just to settle in there with Brad McElhaney. So you got your zombies, you got your music, and then you got Brad McElhaney. Yeah, which, you know, when you talk about state politics, that's that can be horrifying too. <laughs> um, but how cool is it that they, it, obviously the fundraiser is for the Roundhouse and it could Absolutely. be a very, you know, could be a black tie event with, you know, and I know they did the ghostly gala for you, but how fun is it? Well, and then they throw in those little teases at the end. there, like the capital market in Charleston's unbelievable. If you've I've never, never been, been there, to that amphitheater, you know, it's like, we've got this awesome event, but by the way, we've got this awesome amphitheater, potentially, coming, yeah, yeah, potentially in the future, in the burnout so. ruins of the, of the round, <laughs> because I, you know, HD talked a little bit about the, but during the during the Civil War, um, railroads were a prime target oh, yeah. uh, strategically, and uh, I think someone said Martinsburg changed hands like dozens of times just because of the troops would come. <laughs> oh, so we're we're with you today, huh? <laughs> so apparently, it's a little bit of paranormal activity that happens there. Well, and that was a really interesting conversation, and if you're interested in listening back to that conversation, we'll have it posted on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages as long along with today's. Uh, Panhandle Sports Live, but stay tuned. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have Metro News Talk Line. But this has been Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.